This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome to a very special Wednesday edition of Golf Talk Canada, as it is Ryder Cup Week here in the world of golf on TSN, on CTV, and it is the most unique week in all of golf. I think we can all agree. Mark Zacchino with you. I am live on location at the Muskoka Bay Resort and Club in Muskoka, Ontario, a day after the Muskoka Bay Pro-Am, which was quite the event yesterday. We'll jump into a little bit of that later on in the show. But joining me this morning, as always, Bob Weeks, Adam Scully. Gents, it's, uh, you know what, the day you start talking about the Ryder Cup, uh, the, the next Ryder Cup is the day after the last Ryder Cup just ended. It takes two years of conversation on the Ryder Cup. We're finally here. Bob, are you pumped? And what are you expecting this week? Are we in for a close one, do you believe? Wow, there's a whole bunch of questions right there. <laughs> yeah, the uh, first of all, it's three years we had to wait this time. Don't forget, yeah. we were supposed to do this a year yeah. ago. So we've had to wait a little bit longer. And uh, I think it's great because I think this is the first, this is the only week during the year where you cheer for a team instead of an individual. You know, you're either a USA or a Euro. I think I think a lot of Canadians, judging by my social media feeds, are, are Euro fans. I guess everybody likes kicking the US butt a little bit. Um, and I hope it's I hope it's close. I hope it's close. I hope it comes down to the finals uh, stretches on Sunday when the singles matches because that's you know you don't want to see a romp. We've seen a few of those in Presidents Cups over the years, the odd one in the Ryder Cup. But um, but it's uh, it's great when it's tight and it's great when you can cheer for your side and it's great because it's different formats as well. Hundred percent agreed across the board, Adam. Are you? I don't really have a cheering interest, unlike a lot of our listeners. Like you know, I don't have a rooting interest, but I'm with Bob. I'm rooting for as tight a competition as we could possibly have on Sunday singles, because you heard Graham McDowell talk about it. You hear Ian Poulter talk about it. Uh, you've heard you know Tiger over the years. It's a different kind of pressure. So if you've got a close singles competition on Sunday at the Ryder Cup, and you have the cup in the balance. I mean, there's nothing like it in all of golf, hands down. And I would argue, because I've been on the ground, I know Bob's been on for a bunch, I've been on the ground for three or four Ryder Cups, never on European soil. I will do that in 2023, 100%. But I've been on a few for the U.S. soil. I've never experienced a sporting event like it. The energy on the property is unlike anything I've experienced. And to internalize that as a player must be absolutely overwhelming. Yeah, it's got to be crazy for sure. And I remember, you know, three years ago before the last Ryder Cup, that was that was going to be on paper. That was pretty even looking at both teams. The U.S. won the first session 3-1. Then the Europeans won eight consecutive points in the next two sessions, which was pretty wild. Uh, looking at this year's Ryder Cup, it, it seems relatively even. I mean, in terms of on paper or the betting odds, the Americans are the favorite but, you know, three years ago, that golf course in France, it seemed like to really like it was really going to favor the Europeans because it was so tight, because the pins were in such difficult positions, because the rough was so thick. This golf course, 
I mean, it's obviously long. It's sort of a link style, I guess you could say. It it uh, favors some bombers for sure. But both teams have a lot of great bombers. I'm expecting this to be really close. Hopefully, we see something. You know, back in 2010 when you know Graham McDowell and Hunter Mahan had that match coming down the stretch. I just want to see, like you guys mentioned, something down the stretch where you know the ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth matches matter on singles. Well, to your point, Skulls, you know, this is a, it looks visually very linksy, but in reality, it plays very North American. There's not a lot of shots on the ground here at Whistling Straits. Now, the rough is down. Uh, I know you guys have probably seen images all week and have spoken to people on the ground as I have. And, you know, the rough is about as down as they can get it at Whistling Straits. Now, there's part of this golf course where obviously the rough can't be taken down because when you're really off the beaten path and the gazillion bunkers that, uh, protect this property, and I shouldn't even call them bunkers, they're natural waste areas that protect this property. Uh, they're covered in fescue as well, and eyelashes and things of that nature in native areas. Very similar, guys, to what we saw at Kiwa Island, in a sense. If you were to take Kiwa Island and drop it on the cliffs of Lake Michigan, you've got yourself whistling straights, in a sense. And no surprise that you're, these are both Pete Dye modern day masterpieces of golf. Uh, the weather, however, if the forecast remains accurate, might favor more European-style golf, which is why, you know, this late September date, I always scratched my head when I saw Whistling Straits at the end of September, because Whistling Straits at the end of September could be Cabot at the end of September. You could have great, you know, potential weather. You could also be playing golf in winter. That's just what the reality is, this north in the continent this time of year. Going to be interesting to see how it breaks down. We're going to get to break very quickly here today because we've got lots of audio coming up. We're going to hear, hear from Team USA. We're going to hear from Team Europe. We're going to have some TSN edge picks. We're going to speak with uh, Bruce Rogerson, the director of golf here at Muskoka Bay, because I'm here on location in Muskoka Bay. Guys, I played in the Pro-Am yesterday here. They had us play. I, you know, It was unbelievable. 7,400 yards off the tips, black tee decks, Muskoka Bay in the wind, a little bit of rain. Uh, yours truly, feeling a little beaten up today, boys. Feeling mm. a little beaten up today, boys. But so great. Many, many great uh, players here uh, this week. Uh, you know, I saw Danny King. I saw Gord Burns. And just Eddie Monder, who ended up winning uh, the Pro-Am. Uh, it was great to see a wonderful uh, group of friendly faces. We had a wonderful event. So thank you to Bruce and the entire team here at Muskoka Bay. We'll talk to them a little later in the show. But coming up on the other side, our Ryder Cup preview special continues. We're going to hear... From Team USA, this is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour. Only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada special Wednesday edition of GTC Ryder Cup preview special. Yours truly on location at the Muskoka Bay Resort here in the lovely northern Ontario. The Muskokas, gorgeous up here at Muskoka Bay. Bob and Adam at their home studios as we break down the Ryder Cup here. Let's Run down Team USA before we get to audio, and then I want to get to Bob and Adam on Kepka 
Of course, making it about him, what a surprise. Daniel Berger, Patrick Cantley, Bryson DeChambeau, Harris English, Tony Finau, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley, Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, and Justin Thomas. That is Team USA. Of course, the captain is Steve Stricker, flanked by a bunch of assistants, including Phil Mickelson, making his debut as an assistant captain. Okay, guys, we're going to hear from Brooks Kepka before we hear from Kepka on the feud with DeShambo Bob. What did you feel? What did you? What was your initial instinct with the comments from Kepka, Kepka last week? Uh, you know, referring to things like team meetings getting in the way, uh, getting in the way of his workout schedule, etc. And then Paul Azinger being very open, saying, listen, if Kepka doesn't want to be there, if he doesn't necessarily buy into this team concept, then uh, Azinger should uh, let him go and replace him. What were your thoughts? You know, I just, I, I kind of, it's funny, this morning before we came on, I was listening to another press conference and it was Bern Wiesberger. And he said essentially the same thing. He said, you know, this is a different week. We don't get to know our normal routines. We don't get to practice when we want or how, you know, where we are sort of. We have to do things a little bit differently. He said it's an unusual week. And I thought as I was listening to those, that's exactly what Brooks Kepka said. He never ever said he doesn't love it. He never said he isn't passionate about it. He said it's a different week. It's uh, an unusual week. He can't see his people. Maybe there's a bit of complaining in there that he can't, you know, do the things the way he wants to do them. But I never really read into that that he wasn't excited to be there or wanted to be a part of the team. And, you know, I think it's, again, it's uh, it's a little bit of jumping on some of the comments that you could take one way or the other. I just took them a different way than, obviously, Paul Azinger did when I heard him. Well, I think maybe Azinger's reacting to what I react to, is that his tone, traditionally, over the last three, four years, it's just golf, I'd rather play baseball, it's just a PGA Tour event. I don't care. I only practice for majors. He has a tone of dis, uh, d- disdain and disrespect. So the assumption is you immediately go there. So maybe you're right, Bob. If you were to just take his comments as is and put them up against Bern Wiesberger, maybe they're saying exactly the same thing. The problem is he's created an environment where we assume that he don't give a crap, and he's just being the biggest a-hole on the PGA Tour. So I go there immediately, too. And i got to be honest with you, that's that's, who, that's how I feel. That's, that's immediately how I think. Adam, I know you love his sandpaper. Let's call it sandpaper. How did you take the comments? What were your reactions? Yeah, I mean, as we all know, PGA Tour players are creatures of habit, for sure. And you know, reading that article, Kepka was quoted basically as saying, you know, major championships, which he has his the most success on, are his most, I'm quoting him here, chill weeks of the year, where he'll, he'll go play nine holes, he'll work out, then he'll sit and watch a movie the rest of the day. He gets his mind off golf. And obviously the Ryder Cup, you're in a team room together, you're seeing the guys 24-7. It's just a different week. But, I mean, that's sort of... You know, the U.S. is trying to get more on the European side in terms of team chemistry, because for all these years, it, the, you know, it, it seems like the U.S., just, they just don't like each other. There's always uh, issues in the team room, whereas the Europeans, they're laughing all the time. It seems like they're the 12 best friends in the world. Um, but for, for Brooks Kepka, you know, he's, he's an honest guy. He says it like it is, whether you like it or you don't. Um, on another scale, I guess you could say it seems like his health is good after the, you know, hitting the tree root at the tour championship uh the the chat he had with brooke or bryson DeChambeau on the driving range on tuesday looked uh interesting uh with bryson turning to the crowd afterwards so I, i'm curious 
uh, how he does play this week, given, like I mentioned, the injury. Um, but I don't know. Kepka is an honest guy, which is why I think he's good for golf. He, he's never going to, you know, BS or, or not tell you the truth. He's going he's gonna to say it like it is. Uh, but if, if he doesn't want, I mean, I, I don't know. It's it, there's so many ways you can go with with Brooks Kepka's comments here. Well, you certainly uh, cannot deny his ability and his importance if he's playing well for this team. But you mentioned uh, Bryson DeChambeau and the feud and how. They're trying to downplay it this week and suggesting it won't get into the dressing room. Let's hear from Brooks Kepka on the topic of him and Bryson DeChambeau. A lot of this social media stuff has definitely been driven by a lot of external factors, not necessarily us two. I mean, we had a great, we had some great conversations uh, tour championship week when we had dinner, and then this week uh, as well. I had dinner, sat down, sat down at dinner with him last night, and it was fine. And I think there may be something fun coming up here. Um, moving forward, but won't speak too much more on that. Sorry, that is Bryson on Kepka. My apologies, but you get the gist of it. The gist of it is they are both saying the same thing. There's nothing here. It's gone away. Quickly, boys. Bob, then Adam, do you believe it? Is it quickly gone? Is it not going to get in the dressing room? They've let this go. Do you believe they've been able to do that for this week, Bob? Yeah, to a certain extent. I don't think they're... I don't think they're going to be sitting around holding hands and singing Kumbaya together, but I think that they are, I think that they've kind of reached a, a, a little truce for this week, let's say. And, uh, and as long as they both play well, then I think they will be happy campers together. Adam, you, you buy it. Yeah. I, I don't think we're truly going to know if the feud is gone until, unless they actually play together. I mean, how amazing would that be? But well, I remember, it. you know, I, yeah, I remember Mark, you know, four years ago at the president's cup when, Tiger and Phil had that hug. Do you remember that after after the U.S. won the President's Cup? Just imagine if the U.S. wins the Ryder Cup and you see Kepka and DeChambeau spraying champagne on each other. Maybe that's we'll, we'll see something unique, but I don't think we'll truly know unless they actually play together. All right, Bob, in terms of teams here, in terms of pairings, are, are we fairly certain, Bob, that we think that uh, Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas are going to be attached at the hip, or could we see something else? Where, where are you on that? Uh, I think those guys will play together as long as they perform. You know, I think that that little uh, pod, if you look at it, probably includes Scotty Scheffler and Bryson DeChambeau. And I could see Spieth and DeChambeau maybe playing together in a in an alternate shot. Uh, you know, Spieth has great has been great around the greens this year in the last little while. Um, so that might be a possibility. But I think those two, I think Spieth and and uh, and Thomas are uh, are a lock. Well, although Justin Thomas didn't win down the stretch, you know, he hasn't really won since the Players' Championship, so he is the reigning Players' Championship, but he had a good playoffs. He was in contention most of the playoffs, played solid. So if you're looking for Americans that might have some form, now I'm not a big one on form coming into the Ryder Cup because I think it's a completely different animal. Most of the guys have been on a bit of a hiatus since the FedEx Cup. Yes, a couple of them played last week, etc. but I'm not huge on form. I think this is, again, a much bigger elephant in the room. But if you are a form guy looking for Americans that might be in form, one of them is Justin Thomas. Now, you spoke of Tiger and Phil and the hug, Adam. Tiger not expected to be physically at the Ryder Cup this week, physically in the room. Now, that doesn't mean there might not be a virtual visit from Tiger. We'll have to keep our eye on that. Steve Stricker has suggested that uh, Tiger's been a part of this team for so long. He's been talking a lot to Tiger. They've been in communication, etc. So Justin Thomas spoke a little bit to the media about Tiger Woods' impact on this team from afar. Let's hear from Justin Thomas. I mean, I got together with him a couple of times last week, and uh, I mean, more so just 
you know, going over to see how he's doing as a friend more than uh, as a vice captain or if he's even still considered that. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's 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 so into it. He obviously wants the best for our team. He wants the best for all of us. And um, it means a lot to him. I think people would be surprised. I mean, they obviously saw it and y'all saw it in Australia, how much it meant to him. But just the amount of work and the amount of hours he's willing to spend to make sure that he feels like the team is is prepared and um, is as ready to go as possible is is pretty cool um, but at the end of the day he also understands that you know we're 12 of the best players in the world and and we know how to play golf and uh, sometimes less is more so I think he, he's great at balancing that out but it was um, it was more I'm here if you need me kind of thing. All right, Adam, I'm not, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be the wrestling fan that you guys know I am because I'm always in for a dramatic plot turn and I'm not 100% convinced that a Tiger Woods doesn't arrive in this dressing room at some point over the weekend oh. for an inspirational moment that is kept as a surprise return from behind the curtain. You're going to hear the glass break, the music <laughs> hit, and in comes Tiger Woods for that, you know, that emotional lift of spirit. And if it doesn't happen, Adam, are you, like, are we at all concerned, guys, that Steve Sugar said that physically it's probably not a good thing for him to be on location? They ride around in golf carts in the Ryder Cup. What did you take from those comments, Adam, and are you sold that he's not going to be there? I mean, I, I really don't think he'll be there. I mean, it, it seems like he's progressing in terms of health from what everyone has said that they've gone and visited him. There's some pictures on social media of Tiger, you know, still on crutches, that sort of thing. It'd be incredible. I, I mean, the, the ovation he would get if he were to arrive with that atmosphere at the Ryder Cup, like it would be spine tingling, honestly. Like he'd get a standing ovation from, from everyone there. I, I don't see him being there, but... What I do see is, you know, nightly or maybe, you know, Thursday night before they go to sleep, you know, you get Tiger on a Zoom call or something and, and rallying the troops. But I really don't think he's going to be there. I could be wrong, but I don't, I don't think he's going to be there. Bob, am I completely offside here? I think he's going to appear as a hologram. That's what I've, uh, I've kind of figured <laughs> out. That they'll, they'll just show him into the room and he'll stand there and they'll... Uh, They'll see him, and they'll, he'll he'll be sort of like uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, you know, in Star Wars. And he'll sit there and <laughs> give the uh, you use the Force, Jordan, use the Force. And I think, uh, but I, I don't think he's actually going to be physically on the premises because I think, in some ways, he would view that. I don't think the players would, but I think he would view that as perhaps a bit of a distraction, mm. and he probably doesn't want to be the guy who um, who who causes that. I think that's just the way Tiger is. All right. Well, listen, one of the stars this week, guys, is not the players. It's the golf course. So before we get to Team Europe, because on the other side, we're going to hear from McElroy, Sergio, Hovland, and we're going to talk a little Team Euro. But before we do, just like Keough Island and the PGA Championship earlier this year, Whistling Straits is a Pete Dye modern-day masterpiece way before its time. It, he was ahead of the game building this thing. Uh, but like most Pete Dye golf courses, PGA West, TPC Sawgrass, Kiowa Island, they seem to age extremely well. Because when they first opened, well, Bob and I will remember this back in the 80s when these places first opened in the 90s. I mean, the players hated them to the point where they wouldn't go, they wouldn't play, they refused to play. And the tour treated them like, like Superman treats kryptonite. And now we're booking, you know, major events and Ryder Cups at Pete Dye golf courses, it seems like, on an annual basis. So Jordan Spieth had a chance to speak of Whistling Straits and what a unique test of golf it is. 
I love the golf course, the setup of it. It's beautiful. It's on the lake, but uh, you got to control the ball in the wind. Uh, you've got to hit kind of different shots off tees. Um, and then if you position the ball well, you know, you, you have these green complexes that are kind of, there's not a ton of slope, but they're subtle, so you can actually feed the ball into whole locations. It should be a really exciting match play course because uh, you can get into trouble, but you can also birdie just about every single hole with the right shot. So um, it's tough and fair. Uh, and then if we see it in some colder, windier conditions, it could be, um, you know, a unique test as well. Amazing just in general how the, the state of Wisconsin has just, you know, completely since the building of uh, Whistling Straits and the Irish course and Black Wolf Run, etc., how it has created an amazing golf boom in the state of Wisconsin. Unbelievable. Who would have thought that Wisconsin would become a golf mecca all these years later? On the other side, I guess, I don't know, you know, I don't want to call them the favorites because, you know, on paper, T Team USA is always the favorite on paper. Yet the unit the team that has dominated this competition for the last 20 years, which I'll touch on a little in Winner's Weird and What later on the show. We're going to hear from McElroy. We're going to hear from Sergio. We're going to hear from Hovland. Team Europe coming up next. This is our Ryder Cup preview special right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back to our Golf Talk Canada preview special of the Ryder Cup. I'm so pumped. Gets going Friday morning. Of course, TSN CTV, your home for all major championship golf and the PGA Tour, including the Ryder Cup. It gets started Friday morning, but TSN and CTV have your coverage for the weekend. We are the home on Saturday and Sunday, so uh, you don't have to go anywhere other than uh, TSN. Okay, guys, let's jump into Team Europe. Bob, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Rory McIlroy spoke to the media about a leadership role. Before we get into this, is this Rory McIlroy's team or is this John Rahm's team, Bob? Uh, no, I'd say, it's, I'd say it's Rory McIlroy's team. I think he's just a little bit more, um, a little bit has a little bit more seniority, a little bit more experience that he can kind of call these guys out a little bit more. I don't think John Rahm's in a point where he's going to say something to Sergio or or Tyrrell Hatton or something like that. I think he still views himself as the maybe the best player on the team, but maybe not the captain of the team, if that makes sense. All right, I'm kind of leaning your way, Bob, but I've got this little voice inside my head saying when we come out of this dressing room Sunday night and we look to two years in Italy, that we come into this Ryder Cup as Rory McIlroy's team. But when we get to Italy and come out of this, this will be John Rahm's team. Adam, thoughts? Yeah, that's that's hard to disagree with for sure. I mean, Rahm's first Ryder Cup was three years ago, and uh, yes, he, he beat Tiger Woods in that pretty in that, in that great singles match uh, on Sunday and he's the number one player in the world he's been the most dominant player in the world probably should have won player of the year that's a discussion for another day for sure but uh, I, I I do agree I do agree I think you know Rory has a seniority Rory's never missed a session during his Ryder Cup career but maybe heading into Italy in two years where Rom maybe has two or three majors by then I think it'll be Rom's team for sure 
All right, let's hear from Rory McIlroy. Speaking about leadership, certainly he is someone that this team will look to. Former world number one did not have the year that we're all expecting for Rory. Certainly almost a lost season, really, in a way. I know he won at Wells Fargo, but again, not contending in majors, not sniffing number one in the world, not getting to a point in the season where he was on a hot streak, where we you know, we were threatened by Rory McIlroy. Really feel like that Wells Fargo was almost a one-off. Very similar to how we look at uh, Phil Mickelson at the PGA, but Phil's 51. So it's a different, different standard, different set of criteria. Let's hear from Rory McIlroy. I've already tried to evolve into that role. Um... You know, have, you know, this being my sixth Ryder Cup, um, 2014, I felt like was was the year that I um, embraced the role of being a a leader, um, and then you know, going on from then. Um, but yeah, I think that's one of the great things about the Europe European team. It's not as if we're just looking to one guy or one. You know, there's a, there's a collection of um, very experienced players there that that some of the, the younger guys and the rookies can look at. And um, and then you look at our vice captains as well, and you look at all the uh, the pivotal roles that they've played in Ryder Cups over the years. So um, we have no shortage of leaders in our team. All right, speaking of the team, we should outline who Team uh, Europe is. Paul Casey, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood, Sergio Garcia, Rory McIlroy, Shane Lowry, Victor Hovland, Terrell Hatton, Ian Poulter, John Rahm, Bern Wiesberger, and Lee Westwood. Okay, I want to ask you guys a question because we're going to hear from Rory McIlroy here coming up momentarily. Excuse me, about Sergio Garcia coming up momentarily. Sergio was talking about the significance of the Ryder Cup. And we know that the Ryder Cup traditionally over the years has meant more to the Europeans as it has the American. I think that all starts with a inferiority complex. It started, not anymore, but I think it was rooted in an inferiority complex that our tour, our European tour for lack of a better term, was disrespected, considered the weaker sister to the U.S. PGA Tour. And that inferiority complex led to, I think, great pride uh, when they were able to to start winning this and, and competing with Team USA. Uh, Bob, I want to ask you guys a question, though. When I think of the, the Ryder Cup, the current, let's go over the last 20 years. I don't want to go pre-2000. As we go pre-2000, there's guys like Corey Pavin, and there's guys like Paul Azinger where, you know, they were better at the Ryder Cup than they were anywhere else. You know, Europe, in this present decade, this current team, this exists, just the, the team we're looking at right now. I would argue that Sergio Garcia and Ian Poulter in this current European team, I would argue that they are better at the Ryder Cup, Sergio Garcia and Ian Poulter, than they are in any other event, that they thrive as Ryder Cuppers. I'm looking at the American team, Bob, and I can't find that individual. Now, maybe it's a rookie. Maybe it's somebody we're kind of unaware of yet. But right now, looking at the American team, I can't find that person. In fact, that person's at home. His name's Patrick Reed, and he's not there. Is that fair, Bob? Yeah, I think so. I think if you were to say, uh, certainly for Poulter, if you were to say, what's, what's he best known for in golf? I think everyone would say Ryder Cup. Sergio Garcia, you know, some people might say the Masters. He's won a major and contended in quite a few majors over the years, but certainly he's had a strong showing and a strong um, influence on the Ryder Cup. And on the American side, you're right. There's not really someone who sort of stands out as the Ryder Cup guy other than Patrick Reed, Captain America, who uh, may no longer be in that role <laughs> uh, for, for some time. We'll see. Um, but I, uh, I think you're right. I think there are 
the European guy. There are individuals in Europe, and you can go way back. You can even go back. Uh, you know, Seve Ballesteros was was obviously known for major championships, but his his weight that he put onto the uh, and his influence that he put on the Ryder Cup is huge. Um, I, Nick Faldo, same kind of thing, had a great. Colin Montgomery, great at the Ryder Cups. These guys st are standouts for the Ryder Cup, and the American guys, I don't know, maybe they're better at other stuff as well, but I don't really sit there and think, who's the greatest uh, U.S. Ryder Cup player? And it could be Jack Nicklaus, but he's not known for that. That's the point. Right, and, and, I, and I'm with you a 1,000% on the Sergio with, you know, he'll be known for that green jacket, like ripping the monkey off his back all those years later. I, but I still feel like he's at his best. He is a better guy. He is a stronger guy. He's Wendell Clark in a Leaf jersey instead of any other jersey, right? He's Doug Gilmore in a Leaf jersey instead of any other jersey. When he gets to the Ryder Cup and he puts on that Team Europe jersey, he's just better. And I think, Bob, you brought up a name, and this is the reason I feel why. You brought up the legacy of Seve Ballesteros, and I really feel that the Spaniards feel almost a responsibility to keep Seve's legacy alive because Ballesteros lived and died with this event. And I think they carry that around with great pride as well as responsibility. The responsibility doesn't get to them. They want it. Adam, do you agree? And also, if there's a guy on that UST, before we hear from Sergio, is, is there a guy on this USA team that could surprise us and be that guy this time around? Yeah, I mean, first off, I mean, we remember, you know, mentioned the Spaniards and the responsibility. Remember how emotional Jose Maria Olathabal, the captain, in 2012 was after that comeback. And, and, and in terms of uh, the Europeans and, you know, maybe not having, you know, as high on the world ranking, uh, we're actually coming up with an essay later today. You can see it on SportsCenter that Bob wrote um, talking about, and I'll, I'll, I'll use a line from it, what Team Europe seems to lack in world ranking points it makes up for in heart, determination, and grit, where we see guys who, you know, like an Ian Poulter, like a Sergio Garcia, who might not be the best players in the world, but like you mentioned, they become Wendell Clark in a Leafs jersey or Phil Mickelson at Augusta National, where they just flip a switch and become this, this new player. Um, to answer your last question about uh, someone on Team USA, you know, someone like Tony Finau, who played really well in France. He was one of their, their lone bright spots, him and Justin Thomas. I'm looking forward to seeing what they have. Both of those players uh, being at the 2017 President's Cup. I know it's not the Ryder Cup, but in a team format, Justin Thomas would feed off the energy from the crowd. He was screaming, um, you know, and making long putts. So I, I think those two can really be, you know, some of the stars of Team USA. I'm also looking forward to seeing Dustin Johnson. We've seen him show more emotion than ever at a Ryder Cup, you know, you know, he won the Masters. We saw him get emotional there. But basically, other than that, Dustin Johnson is pretty monotone on the golf course, whether he makes a triple or he makes a hole-in-one. He doesn't really show much emotion. So he's a guy I'm looking forward to seeing as, you know, one of the veterans on Team USA as well. Uh, be a goldfish, Adam. Be a goldfish. Okay, Sergio <laughs> Garcia spoke to the media about the significance of the Ryder Cup. I've had Ryder Cups where I come where I come into them playing really well and, and, and I've done well. And then there's Ryder Cups where I've come maybe not feeling quite as well and I seem to hit a switch when, it, when I get here. So obviously the excitement that I get uh, when I come into, into the Ryder Cups is uh, it's something that I can't describe it. I can't tell you why it happens, but it happens. Uh, it's just, just love for it. Um, and uh, yeah, it just comes down to 
challenging yourself uh, every you know every match. Uh, it's um, you know it's it's fun uh, to me. The energy that you feel around the course and and uh, not only with the crowds but with your partners and with your teammates and and stuff like that. It's it's something very unique and um, you know it, it seems to uh, to drive me uh, to to a to a high level, I guess. Sergio Garcia on what it means, how he hits a switch. That's my point. I guess I said earlier in the show that form sometimes you just throw out the window in these events. Okay, Adam, you brought up Tony Finau. The Americans have surprisingly a very good record with rookies in the Ryder Cup. It's the only good thing you can find from Team USA in the last, especially in the last couple decades. Most of their stats and numbers look, you know, pretty ugly when you strip back the curtain. Uh, Europeans, not so much. There's a lot of rookies. If you take both teams, connect them. In fact, you know, uh, America is kind of hoping that uh, maybe the rookies kind of pull, pull a switch and, and find some energy that they've been missing. But one of the big names in the world of golf right now who's playing in their first Ryder Cup uh, is Victor Hovland. And uh, he's kind of been flying under the radar a little bit. We're, you know, we've been talking a lot about Rory, been talking about John Rahm. But uh, Victor Hovland, he thinks he's got some strengths in match play. He spoke to the media about growing up in Europe and, and playing a lot of match play golf. Growing up in, in Europe, we play tons of match play, and we play tons of foursomes and in, in, uh, miscellaneous events. So uh, I have some experience doing that, and I, I very much like it. Um, you know, I, I like to compete with someone and be on a team so uh, for me when you get a, a person that you mesh well with um it's a lot of fun um and uh obviously playing in the ncaa in, in college and us amateur I, i've i've got some experience playing match uh match play and i'd say some of my best golf has been played in in that format all right, Victor Hovland feeling like, hey, this is old hat to me. I've done this at a competitive level. I grew up with this in Europe. I played NCAA uh, at a very high level, and uh, this is still fresh in my memory. This is not a guy who's been on tour for 10 years, hasn't really seen match play in a long time, and all of a sudden finds himself representing uh, his country or his continent. So this is a very different type of match play Ryder Cup rookie. That is for sure. We're going to take a break. On the other side, we're going to get you caught up on everything Golf Talk Canada. And we need to recap the big match because we have not been on the air <laughs> since Weeksino took down Team Recoil. Bob's going to give us a blow-by-blow blow as Bob was the host. And I want to give uh, thanks to, to Weston Golf Club and Colin and his entire team at Weston for having us out. And, uh, I mean, Weston was such a treat. It's uh, just an amazing golf course. It was in perfect shape. And and once again, the shorter, kind of pluggy old guys, it just we just plot our way down the fairway, no sizzle. No, no, no bombs, you know, and then, and look who comes out on top again. So we're going to get uh, Weeksy to break down the match of Weeksino versus Team Recoil on the other side. This is our Ryder Cup preview special right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world.
Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada Ryder Cup preview special. Zakito on location, Muskoka Bay Golf Club here. Actually, on the other side, we're going to hear uh, from uh, Bruce Rogerson, who is the director of golf here at the Muskoka Bay Club. Had a chance to touch base with Bruce actually on Monday before the Pro-Am on Tuesday. they got so much going on up here. Real estate, memberships, golf, winter activities. I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, the amount of activity up at this uh, gem, Canadian Golf Gem, Muskoka Bay. So we're going to do that. On the other side, we're also an hour or two going to get to our TSN Edge picks. We're going to grab two players from each squad of who we think might collect the most points for their team this week at Whistling Straits. Speaking of Whistling Straits, I'm, I'm grabbing some images as we speak. And Victor Hovland, who we just heard from on the other side, he's warming up at the range at Whistling Straits. He's basically uh, wearing a snowsuit, guys. He's got uh, all his gear on. He's got a toque on. He's wearing a toque. So, like, to my point, whistling straights in September, at the end of September, uh, we could get some questionable weather up there. Okay. Uh, Also, all-time winners, weird and what, coming up an hour or two for Ryder Cup. So that'll be Mm. fun because there's so many different ways that we can go with it. Before we get to a Golf Talk Canada update on TV, radio, yada, yada, Bob, we had a big week. Last week, uh, two weeks ago, last week, I, I was in Washington for the congressional member guest. Speaking of uh, the Ryder Cup, got a preview of the future Ryder Cup venue and PGA venue, which is the newly renovated and renovations a stretch. It's practically a rebuild of the blue course at congressional. Uh, wow. And brutally difficult. I mean, this they if they want to tune this thing up, they can tune up the band. It was pretty spectacular. But before that, Bob, you and I were trying to defend our record of, I believe, eight and one going into the match. It was eight and one. Weeksino against uh, Team Recoil. Uh, we were trying to get to nine and one. Of course, we lost, I believe, on the last hole in the dark one time at Aviera. I believe, was the one match you and I lost in the dark at Riviera. Now, I will say this, Bob, that the the two young guys, Nick and Adam, they had to blind us in the dark to beat us at Riviera. They had to take the two (laughs) old guys with weakening eyes. But we got them, Bob, at Weston, didn't we? We did, and uh, a little bit of home course advantage for me. Uh, I think I helped on two holes this time rather than the usual zero that uh, and you t- I kind of usually just carry the carry your golf bag around for you. I should do that. Uh, no, it was a close match. I think it was ended on 17, if I'm not mistaken. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> oh, did it go to the last hole? Okay, <laughs> okay. So you got, okay, so so Team Weeksino was up three through nine. Team Recoil and Nick Obert from TaylorMade and I, we had a little team meeting walking down the 10th fairway. We won 10 and 11, and then you guys won the 16th hole, the par 5. And then um, we won the 17th hole. I, I lipped out for birdie. And then on 18, I had a 30-foot putt to square the match, and I lipped out, and it's haunted my dreams ever since. And then Mark <laughs> made a, and then Mark made a 6-footer for par to, uh, to win the match. So uh, there goes that. And now, funny, Bob, you know, Bob, you counted on way more than two holes, by the way. And (laughs) one of the holes you did count on was number nine, because I lost my tee ball in the right trees. And then you and I got hit up on Twitter this week. Doretta Wilson, who follows us on social media and listens to Golf Talk Canada, she tweeted you and I. And she tweeted a picture of a tailor-made TP5X. And it says, sorry, TP5, excuse me. And it has Z-Man on it. And she said, is this your golf ball? And I said, it looks like my golf ball. My reply was, 
is there a sumo wrestler logo on it? And where did you find it? She goes, right side of nine at West. I'm like, yep, that's, <laughs> that's it. Now, there, in fairness to you, Mark, there's a lot of golf balls over there, I can assure you, because many of them are mine. <laughs> it's a popular place to lose golf balls. Uh, but Doretta is a uh, lovely lady at uh, West, and I used to curl with her, with her late husband. And uh, so she's got, the, she's got the lucky golf ball right now, and I'm sure she'll, uh, she'll display it proudly at home. Okay, Bob, do you believe how long? You and I haven't had a chance to talk because you had to fly. You were really busy that week after golf, and I had a chance to talk to you about how far Adam and Nick are hitting the golf ball. Like, it's gotten further. It's ridiculous. You know, I play that golf course two or three times a week, and some of the places where they were off the tee were ridiculous. Like the 17th hole, I know Adam got disappointed because he didn't uh, didn't drive it. I think it's a 340-yard, sort of lightly uphill, and it, it was playing a little bit downwind, but still, you were about, what, 16, 15 yards off the front of the green, maybe? Maybe not even that much, Adam. And uh, there was a couple of other ones where um, I had to give you lines that I had no idea. And I'm sure I gave you a bad direction because I have no idea where to aim. I don't hit it more than about 230. So it's just like when you're trying to trying to give in, info to a guy like Adam who hits at 330, um, what do I do? I hit it way over there. That's all I told you. <laughs> well, you know, boy, boys, it was funny because, you know, throughout the season on Golf Talk Canada, we've spoken about, Bob, your your mishaps or success on the second hole at Weston. Yes. The pond. And you, and one of you said, maybe, maybe just try going for the green. I said, yeah, sure, no problem. And so I hit it over <laughs> yeah. the green. I forgot And then when I, was chipping, when I was chipping it back, hit the curb and it bounced back to my feet. And you were blocked out by the uh, the railway pillar, which yeah. happens to be on that. <laughs> See, now your mistake you made was that, and this happened to a guy in the Canadian Amateur when we were there, is you hit the shot and you bounce it off the pillar and you bring it back. But there's exactly. an example. I mean, like I can't hit that green with a driver. You, you it was too much for you with a driver. Crazy, unbelievable, unbelievable. A uh, great day. Thank you, Bob, mm-hmm. uh, and thank day. you to Weston, fun Colin, day. and the team. So much fun, and uh, thank you to Nick too. Nick's always a in such a great mood to get out there and continue continue the great rivalry, which now I believe is nine and one. I don't actually have stats, but we're gonna go with nine and one, Bob, so that we have something we can go <laughs> with. And I always one, say never let the truth get in the way of a good story. So the one thing I the one thing I am sure about, I'm not a hundred percent sure on the nine, but I'm definitely sure on the one. <laughs> <laughs> it's unofficial on shot link. I don't know. I I can't find I stats know. online. The, I don't know. Everything with Bob and I are pre-shot link error. Uh, we're pre-shot link error. You gotta understand. All right. On the other side, uh, we're gonna chat. Uh, what do we got on the other side? Our TSN edge picks. I believe we're gonna mm-hmm. kick this off with. We're gonna yep. take uh, take two players from America. Two players from Europe on who we think the stars might be, who are going to acquire a lot of points. Because in the fantasy world this week, it's a bit of a different week. It's it's the fantasy world of golf has changed a lot. And you're going to be in fantasy leagues for golf where there's day-to-day matchups, total points accumulated by teams, and total accumulation of players. So we're going to let you know who we like coming up on the other side. And also, Adam, before we go to break quickly, give us a Golf Talk Canada update. What do we got coming up on Golf Talk Canada radio and TV just the next uh, couple weeks? Yeah, so so coming up Monday, so this coming Monday, we are radio on TV. We'll recap the Ryder Cup. And then coming up in October on TV, we have a tailor-made product special. In November, we have a Canadian player special. Then, of course, in December, we have our year-in-review special on TV and our favorite show of the year, Festivus, also coming up around the holiday season. 
And of course, we don't go away anywhere. Golf Talk Canada every Monday for radio, TSN Radio Network, TSN 1050, iHeartRadio every Monday, our regular time slot, 10 a.m. to noon. But lots more to come, a full hour coming up of Golf Talk Canada on the other side, starting with our fantasy TSN Edge picks. This is our Golf Talk Canada Ryder Cup preview special. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Okay, boys, our two GTC Ryder Cup week starts Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You got it on TSN and CTV. Zakino Week Scully, I'm on location, Muskoka Bay Resort, after getting beaten up at the Muskoka Bay Pro-Am uh, yesterday. <laughs> 7,400 yards in a wind, a little spit of rain. It was a tremendous day at Muskoka Bay. Unbelievable event. Had such a good time. Uh, couldn't believe the condition of the golf course. It always amazes me how in, in, in Muskoka, in the middle of the you know, Canadian Shield, and you know, just it's near the end of the season, although we have such a wonderful fall up here. It's still shocking to me. Every time I play here, how good how good the golf course is. Unbelievable. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to that in the next segment as we're going to hear from Bruce Rogerson, who is the director of golf at Muskoka Bay. Okay. TSN Edge is your home for all your fantasy needs in, in the world of golf, including all sports, including the world of golf. We do it every week in terms of PJ Tour event, but this is a bit of a different week. Fantasy League for team play, Ryder Cup. We're going to go around the horn and give you our take on who we think the two best players on each team are, are going to be in terms of point collection. Let's start with Team USA, gentlemen. Bob, let's start with you. Just your two guys from Team USA. Who are your two point getters for Team USA and why? Uh, I'm going to go with Big Bryson to start off with. And I think his length, if you can control the direction, will be a huge advantage. And I think the golf course is being set up so he can take advantage of it. If you looked at the fifth hole yesterday, they did a diagram where they showed that it's a it's a par five. It's an awful hole, actually. It's a par five dogleg right. And you can cut off a whole ton of it if you can carry it far enough. So yesterday in the practice rounds, uh, Bryson was hitting 120 yards in for his second shot to the par five. And the other guys basically were hitting uh, hybrids and three woods <laughs> in. So you can see what a huge advantage he can have. So if he can take advantage of that, uh, I think there'll be some drivable par fours, notably 13 and possibly 14, depending on the direction of the wind, because they kind of run into each other. So those two, again, could be drivable ones for him. So I like his chances if he uh, if he's in the right shape of, uh, of in his head a little bit. And then the other guy I'm looking at is Andrew Shoffley, who's, uh, I think, is probably the best putter on the team, or close to it. And, uh, and that putting, as we know in match play, putting is such a huge advantage 
Um, if you can get that, if you can start rolling things in, you can switch momentum. If you hold a long one, you can keep your team in it. If you can hold hold an important one, so there's there's just a ton of uh, of things that I think you can do as a good putter that can really help your team. So those are my two, Bryson and Xander. Bryson and Xander. Okay, Skulls, let's go to you. Are you gonna stick with the Bombers? You looking elsewhere? Yeah. Uh, first off, I'm also on uh, Xander Shoffley this week, and I think Shoffley has a great chance to play all five sessions. I believe he'll very likely partner with Patrick Cantlay. They played together at the President's Cup in 2019. They also partnered together at the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. They were also in Napa Valley together last week with their significant others, which I thought was pretty funny. So so clearly they're, they're good friends. Uh, and Xander Shoffley obviously had a great season. The Olympic gold medal, 7th in scoring average, 12th in birdie average. Great match play stats there. I like Xander Shoffley. As for my other American, Jordan Spieth. Uh, I think he also has a very good chance to play all five sessions if he's playing well. Like you mentioned earlier in the show, I'm expecting him to partner with Justin Thomas. They were three and one together uh, three years ago in France. He has the most points of any player on the American side. He's seven, five, and two all time. And don't forget, came second at the 2015 PGA Championship at Whistling Straits behind Jason Day. That was the year of the Spieth when he won the first two majors of the season. So on the American side, I like Jordan Spieth and Xander Shoffley. How about you, Mark? Well, I got to tell you, the uh, Jordan Spieth picks a cool one as well, Adam, because uh, his seven doesn't mean anything. It means a lost hole. Exactly. You know, yeah. so this match play format for Jordan, who occasion, occasionally can be a train wreck, is not going to hurt him as much. And to Bob's point with Bryson, you know, obviously the long style of golf course is going to fit, but Bryson is no uh, stranger to uh, imploding as well. But when Bryson makes that ridiculous seven, again, lost hole. And not going to hurt him as much in this format. I don't have Bryson, and I don't have Jordan, but I will be the third member of our team that will also take Xander Shoffley. Wow. For all the reasons that both you gentlemen laid out for Xander, but I'm just going more on the Paul Azinger personality profile. Because I believe, unlike most PGA Tour events, we're trying to pick horses for courses. And I'm not denying that length isn't going to be advantage and all those things. I think personality and dealing with atmosphere is the number one factor of being a successful Ryder Cupper. More important than distance, more important than putting, more important, all those things are important. But number one, if you can't handle being at a Ryder Cup, all those other things, all the other tools in your tool chest mean absolutely nothing. So he played for his country this year and took home a gold medal, right? That proves that Xander Shoffley can get it done. Adam, sorry, you got to jump in. You want some? No, no. I, I just have a quick question for you guys. What do you yeah. guys think? Um, you know, we're going to see Bryson DeChambeau playing in the long drive uh, next Monday. And do you think we're ever going to see Bryson this week, because it's match play, ever sort of go full throttle, like completely huff and puff and do the whole thing that you see on YouTube all the time, or he posted a video flying at 383 yards last week. Do you think we'll mm -hmm. see Bryson actually go all out at a driver and try to yeah, hit like you mentioned possibly especially speed. to bob's point on the par fives especially where yeah. he's got a teammate with a teammate sitting in the fairway yeah and, and you're in that situation we could see it so mm -hmm. but he's not going to be my second pick either yeah. my second pick is going to be a guy that has no form at all best finish in the last few weeks tie for 26 because on the personality profile of this in the same vein as Cantley and Xander, is Colin Morikawa. Mm. One of the shorter players on Team USA, but the, maybe the best iron player in the world, and maybe someone who's got ice in their veins, that already has two major championships under their belt, 
And I just can't see him being phased by absolutely anything thrown at him this week. So I'm going Xander Shoffley, and I'm going Colin Morikawa. Okay, Bob, let's go Team USA. Uh, sorry, Team Europe. Team Europe. Okay, so Team Europe, I have uh, picked the the leader, the inspirational leader, Rory McIlroy. And I think he's just going to perform because, we, as you said earlier in the show, Mark, it's kind of been a throwaway year, even though he did have that, that kind of odd win at, uh, at Wells Fargo. But I think this is where he's going to step up. I think this is where he's going to kind of put everything together. He talked about being tired a few weeks ago when he was in the playoffs. He's had some time to rest. He's had some time to recoup. And I think he's just emotionally charged up. And I think that's when he plays some of his best golf is when he's really dialed in emotionally. So I think that'll happen. And then again, I went with another great putter, and that's uh, Ian Poulter, who um, can roll the rock from anywhere. He's not so great with the rest of the game necessarily. Um, compared, comparatively speaking, to the rest of this field. But if he gets on the green and reg and uh, starts rolling a couple in, uh, those eyes are going to start popping like we've seen them before. Yeah, and I think nobody thrives in the atmosphere on either side of this uh, team teams, on both teams, than Ian Poulter. Uh, Skulls? I'm also on Rory McIlroy. He's never missed a session in his Ryder Cup career. Um, you know, I, I mentioned Jordan Spieth finishing second at the 2015 PGA Championship at Whistling Straits. Rory came 17th at that tournament, the best finish of any European on this roster. Uh, I'm looking at the golf course. I think this is a great golf course for Rory as well. He can get many drivers on a lot of the par four, second in driving distance, fourth in strokes gained off the tee this season. Plus, he led the PGA Tour in birdie average. So that, those are two great recipes for success on match play. And how about Sergio Garcia? Most points in Ryder Cup history. Who doesn't want to partner with a guy who hits a lot of fairways and a lot of greens? Yes, Sergio's putter is incredibly streaky. But, you know, Mark, you mentioned earlier in the show about form, how it doesn't matter. Uh, in, in this case, for Sergio, he's playing well coming into this tournament with the uh, top tens of the last two finishes or tournaments of the FedEx Cup playoffs. I like Sergio to play well again this week. All right, I'm not going to leave my format, guys. I'm, I'm playing a doctor on radio this week. <laughs> so as Dr. Zucchino suggested with his Team USA picks, uh, I am picking on personality and who is emotionally prepared to deal with the next three days of Ryder Cup competition. Uh, so I'm going to stick with that format. And like I said, with Bob's pick, Ian Poulter, there is nobody more emotionally prepared for what is, and will thrive in that emotion more than Ian Poulter. So I, like Bob, will also go with Ian Poulter. And like I said off the top of the show, I kind of agree with Bob that this is currently Rory McIlroy's team. I wouldn't argue with that pick with either one of you guys. But I believe as we exit this weekend and head to Italy in two years, that this will be John Rahm's team. And I think John Rahm, again, in that Spaniard vein that will now take the torch from Sergio Garcia and continue the legacy of Seve Ballesteros, this will be John Rahm's turn to do that. And he has proven, as he did at the U.S. Open, that he is emotionally ready to go, oh, you need me to birdie this? You need me to make this putt? You need me to play away from the water and bury that 18-footer to win the U.S. Open? I can do that. I think John Rahm is my second pick for those reasons, emotionally prepared. So, Okay, boys, on the other side, we're going to switch gears just a little bit momentarily because we had a great day at the Muskoka Bay Pro-Am yesterday. Uh, so I want to get you guys caught up on that Pro-Am in my battle from 7,400 yards. And we're going to hear from uh, Bruce Rogerson, who's the director of golf at the Muskoka Bay Club. they got so much going on up here where I am uh, presently on location. It's such a great spot. And there is some time left uh, still this season if you want to take advantage of a golf 
And they have winter activities that are blossoming as well. So it's becoming a 12-month resort and living community. We'll talk to Bruce on the other side. This is our Ryder Cup preview special right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back to our Golf Talk Canada Ryder Cup preview special. We're going to take a little pause on the Ryder Cup because I am live on location, Muskoka Bay, Golf Club and Resort, one of the finest properties in the entire country. Yesterday, I had the opportunity of playing in the 11th Annual Pro-Am. What a treat it was. 7,400 yards off the tips. Wind, a few holes of rain. Uh, What a wonderful property. Incredible challenge. So great to see so many wonderful faces, uh, great uh, players in Canada, wonderful champions. uh, We're all in the field. Just a real tremendous day from start to finish and Muskoka Bay does everything first class all the way from accommodations to membership to resort and golf access and the Pro-Am of course was no difference. On Monday before I ventured up here to Muskoka Bay I had an opportunity to speak with Bruce Rogerson. Bruce Rogerson is director of golf, a friend of our shows. He's been on many many times but there's always so much going on here at Muskoka Bay. A 12-month resort and living community, uh, golf, There's going to be spa activities, there's hotel, real estate opportunities, winter activities. I mean, you could talk for hours about what they have going on here at the Muskoka Bay Club. On Monday, I caught up with our friend, Bruce Rogers. Bruce, thanks so much as always for doing this. Um, Now, we're recording this interview a day before the Pro-Am, so by the time this hits the air, you and I will have already participated in your annual Pro-Am, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. But before we get to the the big event uh, on Tuesday of this week, tell us a little bit about the season at Muskoka Bay Resort and Golf Club because – I know golf's up again. People are playing. Did you have a great year? What were some highlights? Yeah, Mark, it's been uh, been a whirlwind, to say the least. Um, you know, I, I couldn't believe that uh, 2021 could be any busier than 2020 was with uh, COVID and all of what's happened around that. Our uh, property just continues to uh, flourish. Uh, golf rounds are certainly up from last year again. Uh, revenues obviously with that are, are up as well. Uh, the hotel being on property now has been a game changer. We've, we've literally added, uh, you know, 75, 80 people to the property on a daily basis. So that just drives up the green fee revenues. Our food and beverage, uh, operations have been really doing well, uh, exceeding what we had budgeted for, for last year as well. So everything's been just a really, really positive, uh, summer. So it's been great. With that comes the challenges that we've had some, you know, some difficulties with some staffing like everywhere else as well. But uh, really, really pleased with how the uh, the group here has pulled together in some pretty tough times with some staffing challenges. And uh, but yeah, all things are pointing to very positive uh, directions moving forward. So we're all we're all really pleased. Well, we had our Golf Talk uh, Canada event there earlier in the year, and I couldn't believe what you guys were able to pull off with. 
not just, you know, with obviously all the restrictions and whatnot that were currently in place. And it was amazing what you and your staff were able to do and the best condition golf course I played all year. Yeah. I mean, we got a torrential amount of rain that day and the greens were running at 12. I couldn't yeah. imagine what they would have been in a day with some sun on them. So yeah. That's um, going to be hopefully tomorrow for the pro-am. You're going to ch check them out, but we're going to get some more rain. So they may, uh, they may slow them down a little bit again tomorrow, but uh, no, right, so, are, golf course yeah. is fantastic. Tell us a little bit about tomorrow. Okay. Like, again, this will be the, this will air the day after, but what are we, what's tomorrow all about? What, what's yeah, so, how many pros who, who's up there? What are the teams like? Yeah, we've got, uh, we've slated 30 teams, 30 pros. We've got a, a really strong field of professionals participating. We've got, Danny King, uh, we've got Gordy Burns, Nick Kenny. Um, you know, there's we've probably got about six or seven national champions coming tomorrow. Gar Hamilton's going to be joining us as well. So uh, we've got a, a very strong field. So I'm going to have to play some some good golf. You and I have to kind of hunker down to uh, to get into that pay uh, paycheck period tomorrow. But not liking my chances, Bruce. Not like it, but yeah, I think I, I think I'm going to come enjoy the property. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, it's going to be a great day. It's going to be our 15th uh, running of our Pro-Am here. It's always a, a highlight on the calendar. Our members that do participate love it. Um, it's a great chance for us to showcase what Muskoka Bay is on a, on a golf perspective and then right across the, the resort now from the food and beverage operations to everything that we do here. So we're very, very excited to, uh, to be doing this tomorrow, and uh, hopefully uh, it's going to be a great day. Uh, last time I was there, we were chatting about some new real estate opportunities. How, how close are we to – to these being, is the shovel in the ground? What are they? Are they more yeah. villas or, or an expansion of the hotel? There's a bit of both. Uh, so we've got phase two planned for the next hotel uh, to start. I think they're going to plan on putting shovels in the ground in the spring. Um, they're just getting ready to uh, start launching for uh, sales. Uh, there's also been 19 lots that have been cleared recently for more uh, villas and uh, some estate properties as well moving forward. So there's a lot of development on the on the very near horizon that, uh, again, just it's really exciting. Uh, you know, as real estate continues to flourish, like not only up in Muskoka, across the across the board, uh, it's been great timing on that front. And uh, I think it's just going to lead into some really cool things here in the near future. Would you guys consider and is there room for more holes? There is. Yeah, actually, that's part of phase three. So once we get past the second phase hotel, um, I know Peter Freed and company are planning on a, another additional phase, uh, another 200 room hotel. And with that will be a uh, full spa uh, and also another nine holes of golf is planned as well. Doug Carrick's already mapped out the uh, design for the new nine holes. And that again will be, will be huge because we're going to probably need that golf uh, as we continue to grow. You know, the free group does everything first class. So I, I just can't wait to see it as it unfolds. Uh, okay. We're kind of winding down our Canadian golf season uh, fall is maybe the best time to be at Muskoka Bay. I mean, you want to talk about colors popping against, you know, the, the rock exposed shield, et cetera, stay in play, still available uh, into what, when do we transition from stay in play fall activities into winter activities? Yeah. So we, uh, our golf course will go till the 17th of October is our last day for golf. Uh, in that we will be running some stay and play opportunities uh, the third week of uh, September, uh, the 26th is when we start them. Uh, we're going to do a midday, uh, Monday to Thursday promo, uh, two nights, uh, one round of golf, or sorry, two rounds of golf, one night stay for uh, 349, I believe it is. So it's a really good opportunity to kind of fill in some space in the uh, midweek. 
Uh, we're not really needing to see that right now, to be honest with you. The golf course is still slamming busy. Like September is uh, off the charts right now. So uh, we're just, you know, fingers crossed the, the weather cooperates and we continue to kind of ride this great uh, wave right through to the end of the season. And then you get in your winter season, right? Yeah, what then, kind of activity yeah, for you? Exactly. So now yeah. that we're uh, transitioning, we started last winter with a winter program. And this year, we're now going to be expanding on that further. Uh, we're going to be putting in a skating rink again, which was really popular last winter. Uh, we've got uh, uh, 20 kilometers of trails groomed out for uh, cross-country snowshoeing. Um, we're also talking about putting on uh, some snowmobiles this uh, winter as well for some rental activities there trying to link back into the, uh, as you know, there's a, a tremendous amount of trail systems up through Muskoka and we're trying to piggyback onto that this winter as well to give our, uh, our guests an opportunity to do some snowmobiling as well. So there's some pretty cool things on the horizon there for winter time as well. Well, whether you're uh, trying to squeeze in some late uh, season golf, trying to stay, uh, do a stay in play, you want to check out the real estate uh, because it's a full-service, 12-month-a-year uh, resort lifestyle that cannot be beat, really, in Canada. It is absolutely one of the absolute best uh, from one coast to the uh, the next. And if you want to check them out, go to MuskokaBayResort.com. MuskokaBayResort.com is a spot, of course. You can also get to them through our Golf Talk Canada page and our Instagram and our Twitter and right here on TSN Radio and TV when we're running on TV as well. Bruce, Awesome as always. I can't wait for tomorrow. I know we got a little bit of iffy weather. That's my excuse already. So <laughs> when this interview airs, I'll then wrap up how ugly it might have been for yours truly in that weather. But we'll see. Regardless, we're going to have a blast, and I can't wait to see you guys. 100%. Looking forward to having you up, Mark. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. Always great to catch up with Bruce and uh, saw him uh, yesterday at the Pro-Am. And the weather actually cooperated a lot better than we thought. We did get some rain. We got a ton of wind and uh, got to be honest with you guys. It's fun once in a while to push the envelope and test yourself a bit. Like when I typically play away from my club and go play a, a, like a really great golf course that I'm looking forward to, I usually pick a tee between 6,500 and 7,000. Rarely do I get the 7,000, but somewhere in there is like what I like to play. 7,400 is a little outside my wheelhouse, maybe a little too much golf course for me. Maybe if it's, 32 degrees and sunny and it's hot and, and the winds are down. Maybe you could play it. But I played a lot of holes yesterday where it was a lot of golf for me. But I did uh, shoot 76 boys, uh, which ties my high round of the year. But it doesn't feel like my high round of the year because those other 76s, I played bad. Yesterday's 76, I played okay. I didn't play great, but I played okay, grinded it out, and, and we had a really good time. So thank you to Bruce. Thank you to the entire team in Muskoka Bay. And appreciate uh, not just the invitation yesterday, but being a part of the Golf Talk Canada family. On the other side, it is an all-time Ryder Cup winner's weird of what edition right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. 
visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Ryder Cup preview special. It all starts Friday. So why not a little bit of nostalgia, as they say, uh, an all-time winner's weird and what, a three-dub edition of the Ryder Cup. And Bob, this week, tea is yours, sir. So, so what do I do, just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! All right, gents, well, let me just look back here. Uh, I've got two good look back and one that's not quite as uh, quite as lengthy a look back but the first one is the winner and it goes to Jack Nicklaus of course the greatest uh, golfer of all time and in back in 1969 I think most people know this story he was uh, playing for obviously for Team USA they got into the final uh, they were tied final round of the singles and they got down to the last match which was Jack Nicklaus versus Tony Jacklin each side at 15 and a half points uh, Jack Nicholas was up one, but Jacqueline made an eagle on the 17th hole to tie it up. So they came to the final hole tied. They both hit the green in regulation. Jacqueline went first, left his putt about two and a half feet short. Uh, Jack Nicholas hit about a four-footer for par to go in the hole. And then as soon as he did that, he walked over, picked up Tony Jacqueline's ball mark, handed it to him. And the quote that uh, Jacqueline said, he said, this is what I'm pretty sure Jack said to me. He says, I don't believe you would have missed that putt but I'd never give you the opportunity in these circumstances. The result was a tie, one of the greatest ties, I think, and one of the greatest moments of sportsmanship. There's now a trophy or an award being given out starting this year to the top players on each European team, sort of like the Lady Bing Trophy Award for each uh, each golfer, the Nice Guy Award. So they might and not Bob, have any. a golf club, right? And a yeah. golf club uh, called the concession that the PGA Tour visited earlier this year uh, that the WGC event that Colin Morikawa was victorious at, uh, you, you know, called itself the concession, and it was designed by uh, Jacqueline and Nicholas together uh, as a tribute to that moment that uh, that is just yeah. outstanding. Amazing moment. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, my uh, my weird this week is we, we have a lot of equipment discussions these days, you know, equipment rules, equipment things going on. We don't really know, you know, should the shafts be shorter, should the ball fly lower. Anyway, there was a big brouhaha. In the 1929 uh, Ryder Cup, do you guys remember that, Mark, Adam? No, very, that's, very well. that's even before yeah. my time, Adam. That's yeah. it. <laughs> before my time too, believe it or not. <laughs> but, but the uh, the American team arrived in Europe or in the Great in Great Britain back in those days. It wasn't Europe at that point, and they came with steel shafts, which had been legalized under the USGA's rule in the United States, but they weren't legal over in the UK in the GB. So all the players had to switch out for their old wooden shafted clubs to play. How about that? Right at the imagine having to change all your equipment the uh, the week of the Ryder Cup. And guess what happened? Of course, the uh, the uh, GBI team actually won. What a scenario there! Hickory shafts back in play. Sorry, the steel shafts. The next year, by the way, uh, the RNA legalized steel shafts. And then my last one, as I mentioned, is really uh, not quite that far a look back. In fact, it only goes all the way back to yesterday. <laughs> and I just couldn't resist this. <laughs> I just couldn't, I just couldn't uh, resist this because I got an email yesterday, a uh, press release, talking about the COVID protocols clarification for the 43rd Ryder Cup. So this basically lines up exactly what would happen if one of the players on the team tested positive for COVID. Mm-hmm. And... 
basically, it's fairly simple. Any player who tests positive for COVID, even while playing a match, is immediately ineligible for the remainder of that match and the remainder of the Ryder Cup. Now, substitutions are permitted, but the U.S. said for Team USA, the substitution will be replaced by a captain's pick. Team Europe, this is what got me. It's like, I don't know what is going on here, and hence the what. Listen to this. For Team Europe, if the withdrawal is one of the four players qualified from the European points list, he will be replaced by the fifth player from the European's points list. If that fifth player already on the team from the world points list, he will be deemed to have made the team from all the European points list, and the replacement will be the next person on the world points list. If that fifth player on the European, tour, the European points list was a captain's pick, he will be deemed... Anyway, it goes on and on and on and on. The most uh, convoluted thing I can ever think of. So all I can hope is that uh, nobody tests positive because <laughs> yeah. it might take a week for them to figure out who the next European is going to be on that team. Now, this wow. I should point out that they can only replace it before the, first, uh, uh, before the opening ceremony. So it would have to happen wow. in the next, whatever, 48 hours. Wow. Wow. 80% of the time, it works every time. Like, (laughs) unbelievable. (laughs) Like, like, I'm scrambled eggs right now. (laughs) You only had half of it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, boys. uh, Tea is mine. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right, Bob, my winner this week is also Jack Nicholas, Bob. And my winner is, the reason he's my winner, is in 1977, Jack Nicholas said to the British PGA, why don't you allow continental Europe to participate in the Ryder Cup and go outside of Great Britain and open it up to the rest of Europe so that we, you know, to support the, the future of the Ryder Cup. And could you imagine where we would be today in 2021 if Jack Nicholas didn't suggest that? Uh, what, Bob, do you think we would even have a Ryder Cup in 2021 if Jack didn't say that? I don't think so because it was such a slaughter for so long. And I just don't think that, I mean, if you look, there's some great British golfers, but there's not enough of them to take on a, an American team. So, uh, yeah, I think it would have faded away and maybe, or maybe become like a corn fairy event or something. I don't know. <laughs> Wild. Well, you think about the names, guys, of the Ryder Cup, where the Ryder Cup would be if there was no Ballesteros, if there was no uh, Henrik Stenson, Bernard Longer. I mean, we can go on for days and days and unbelievable. Okay, my weird, I was just, and I know we talk about this, and Adam, I want your take on what, why you think this is. But, you know, since the invention of the President's Cup, Okay, since the invention of the President's Cup, the U.S. team is four and eight in Ryder Cups, four wins and eight losses since the invention of the President's Cup. And in the President's Cup, they are 11, one and one. Of course, the tie, the one year in the President's Cup, 11, one and one. So I know the obvious point is we always pick on the President's Cup team and say, ah, it's different. They don't come. It's too, you know, it's too disjointed. They're playing for the rest of the world. It's not a continent. Da, da, da. But there has been some epic President's Cup teams over the years. Think about when that President's Cup team had Greg Norman, Ernie Els, and Vijay Singh on it. Don't tell me that that mm-hmm. team wasn't as good as any team ever put together. What am I missing here, Adam? Why is it so different for the USA in Ryder versus President's Cup since 
you know, the last 20 plus years. You wonder, like, is it mental? Is it just too much pressure? I mean, we always, you know, say on, on our show that they just don't play well. I mean, and that's what it comes down to. But you remember the last President's Cup in 2019 when the Internationals won the first four points and, you know, when Tiger Woods was the playing captain of that team, obviously the States came back and won. But it, it, it certainly is puzzling. It's like, do you think it's pressure? I, I, I have no idea, like, how it can happen. I don't know. There's pressure in the President's Cup, too. I don't get yeah. it. It doesn't make sense. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they can flip a switch this week in Kohler, Wisconsin. Now, I'm calling an audible, boys, in my what? Oh. Calling an audible. Because speaking of Kohler, Wisconsin, I was going to go with, with likely Kiowa Island, the war by the shore is my what, because there were some big what moments. And where would we be right now if, if, if the Ryder Cup didn't almost, you know, obviously at the Belfry a couple of years earlier where, you know, Europe wins and, you know, they start to change the tide. But, I mean, it really became the event it is today at Kiowa back in 91. And that's really gave birth to where we are today. However, that being said, Bob, off mic, when we went to break, you said to me, Hey, guys, the Europeans are wearing Green Bay Packers colors today at Whistling Straight. So how is that not the what? I got to call it audible. This is the away team that is supposed to have no crowd support whatsoever. What a brilliant move going out on the uh, Wednesday wearing the Green Bay Packers colors, Bob. And also, I have just an update on that. They also came out wearing those cheesehead hats. You know, the big looks like a big <laughs> slice of cheese on their head. They're all wearing those out there too, as well. I wonder if they found one to brilliant. fit Rory. What if they found one to fit Rory McIlroy's head? Remember? <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Nice. What a brilliant move! Uh, trying to turn the tide and maybe uh, steal some uh, hometown support. All right, Adam, the tea is yours. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one here. <laughs> Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. All right, Jen, so throughout the history of the Ryder Cup, we have seen some tremendous Sunday singles matches, but potentially none better than 2016 Patrick Reed versus Rory McIlroy. In terms of atmosphere, in terms of guys who are playing to the crowd, Rory McIlroy making a 50-foot putt on the eighth hole and essentially vibrating after he made this putt, turning into like a WWE, I can't hear you, sort of shaking his boots, going absolutely <laughs> ballistic. And then Patrick Reed, what does he do? He hammers this 25-foot putt right in the middle and wags his finger at Rory McIlroy. In terms of atmosphere, like this was one of the great Ryder Cup moments in history. And, you know, Mark, Rory McIlroy said that basically took the wind out of him because the rest of the match was pretty flat. But that front nine between Reed and Rory in 2016 was unbelievable. That's as good as it gets. There were so many great singles matches that day. Am I wrong or am I mixing it up? Was it not Phil versus Sergio that day yep. as well going at it and beating each other up? I mean, what an epic. But, yeah, those first seven, nine holes with Rory and Patrick Reed, that is as good as Ryder Cup gets. End of story. Yeah, it was between the fifth and eighth hole where they were matching birdies. There was an eagle made. And Phil and Sergio that day made 19 combined birdies. That was quite a match. Now, Phil, speaking of Phil, he's my weird this week. We remember the 2014 Ryder Cup when Tom Watson was named captain. Sort of out of the blue, sort of leapfrogged a couple of guys who were sort of in line to be the captain. And let's just say the 2014 Ryder Cup was an utter disaster. 
for the Americans. And after they got absolutely walloped over in Scotland, someone asked Phil Mickelson, you know, what do you think of the leadership? And Phil said, ah, we sort of, we've swayed away what's gone well for us. Basically, none of the players were involved in any of the decisions, completely throwing Tom Watson under the bus. This might have been the most awkward press conference ever. Bob, I have a bit of a strange memory. I remember sitting beside you in the in the TSN newsroom with David Hearn as well, who was working on our coverage with TSN. And I remember your jaw just dropped when you heard these comments <laughs> from Phil Mickelson. I mean, you don't throw a legend under the bus like Tom Watson. I think that could have been, you know, the dirty laundry could have been aired out in the team room afterwards or something. But I was, I was just shocked that someone, have Phil, who is always very smart with his words, and let's not forget, I mean, he knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, to put a whole bunch of pressure on the PGA to to, to kind of get back into the into the uh, the more current guys, but oh yeah, that was that was something else. And from there, the Ryder Cup task force was born, and <laughs> right. the rest is history for the U.S. <laughs> My what this week before we go to break? Rory McIlroy nearly misses his tee time in 2012 in the Sunday singles. Had to show up with a police escort, basically took a couple practice swings, and he was on the first tee. The fans were chanting central time zone at him. He got the time zones mixed up. But my number one question, <laughs> why is Rory going to a Sunday singles match alone? Don't they all show up together? I think they do now. But back in the day, wouldn't you think, hey, guys, let's all show up at this time. Let's root each other on. This, Mark, was bizarre, but hey, Rory got the W in the end, didn't he? Hey, he's got to watch it. Different time zone this week too, right, guys? Got to watch that same it. Central right? time so, zone. Same right, central. That's it. He's back in that central. So I hope uh, they got Rory. I hope his handlers have given him a, set all his clocks correctly, calendar yep. correctly, etc. So unbelievable. Okay, we're going to take our final break. On the other side, we're going to put a bow in the show, and we are give you our predictions: who we think wins and why. Coming up on the other side, this is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we put a bow on our Ryder Cup preview special here on Wednesday. A final thank you to the team, Bruce Rogerson and his team at the Muskoka Bay Resort. Uh, had a blast yesterday and today being up here at one of the finest facilities in the entire country. So thank you so much for your hospitality. What a great uh, couple of days at the Muskoka Bay Club. Uh, if you're looking for Bob and Adam this week, you can catch Bob on SportsCenter with his Ryder Cup coverage, essays in sports, and of course TSN.ca. Uh, as well, and Adam will be working Sports Center and, and working with the TSN Edge team as well this week, covering the Ryder Cup. Bob and Adam will also be in Monday in our usual Golf Talk Canada radio time slot, 10 to noon Monday morning, which will also be Golf Talk Canada radio TV on the TSN Television Network. So Monday, you can watch our Ryder Cup two-hour live TV wrap-up special and radio special Monday morning. 
I, however, will not be there. Yours truly actually taking a vacation. What a thought. I know. The nerve of it. The nerve of wow. it. No golf clubs. Nothing golf. No golf talk. No golf play. No golf. Uh, Mrs. Golf Talk, Cannon, and I heading back to the motherland. Uh, going to go to Italy uh, for for uh, two weeks and uh, drink Brunello and eat prosciutto for two weeks. And uh, and however, I will be watching the Ryder Cup for the first few days. Obviously, I'll be watching it uh, uh, from Italy on the weekend. So I guess I have to cheer for uh, the Europeans if I'm going to be amongst the Europeans watching the Ryder Cup. Okay, boys. Uh, only a few minutes left here, Bob. Who do you like? Who's going to win this? And how's it get done? Uh, I think Team America is going to pull it out. I think they're just a little bit uh, more powerful right now. And I think uh, as long as they get off to a good start, you know, if they don't get off to a good start, that team room could get a little nasty. I don't know. Uh, They might start throwing the ping pong balls at each other or something. But I think they're just a little (laughs) bit too powerful right now. Although my heart would love to see another Euro win. All right. Bob's going with Team USA. Uh, Adam? Who and why? I'm going Team Europe again. And a big reason, foursomes. Because the Europeans have absolutely dominated foursomes forever in this format. And I, I think that's just going to continue. I, I, think, I think we'll see some very interesting pairings come Saturday afternoon. If the Europeans have a big lead, maybe you know we'll see Steve Stricker sway away from his plan like we saw Jim Furyk. Uh, do the same thing in the Saturday afternoon session back in 2018 in France. I hope it's close. I really think it will be close. But I, in the end, I think the Europeans pull it out. They have a lot of veterans on their side. And uh, I say the Europeans get it done. What do you think, Mark? Well, I, I think it's going to be close as well, Adam. And I know we're all hoping for it to be close because there's nothing like it on a Sunday at the Ryder Cup when it is close. I know we're all in agreement on that. Uh, but I'm with Bob. I'm going with Team USA as well. I'm going to go with Bob. And I'm also going to uh, piggyback what Bob said regarding a, a good start. I think that's important. If you look at the success they did have um, in, a, you know, in the last couple times where they've, they've done well, it, it has all relied on a good start on a Friday morning. So I'm with Bob on that. But I will say this. I think Team USA wins in a close one. And I think it's because of Cantley, Morikawa, Berger, Shoffley, English, uh, Scheffler. I think Team USA wins with the guys that have no lineage uh, to this event. And I think that will be the breath of fresh air they need moving forward so that when when we get to Italy in two years, uh, we're not talking about the hangover and culture of defeat. We're talking about a competition that is back to a flip of a coin. And I think it's the new blood. And I don't know why. I feel that way, but I just do. And maybe it is the personality types we're talking about. Like, let's look at Cantley. Can you find a pulse? No. Morikawa, can you find a pulse? No. Shoffley, quite often, you know, pulse? No. And I think it's that almost that it's been counterintuitive for Team USA to have guys in a way like Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson leading the way. Two emotionally fueled, charged guys that attitude that this is not a competition, this is war, I don't think has served them well. I think Team Europe plays with a joy that Team USA can't connect with, that joy. And I'm not so sure Team USA can play with joy. So if you can't play with joy, why don't you play it like Tom Brady? 
where it, it's just another two minute drill. And, you know, you, the pulse just never jumps. And I think those names that I outlined are those guys. So, guys, it's going to be awesome. Have a great week. Enjoy the Ryder Cup for all of our listeners and viewers on Golf Tech Canada. Enjoy it. TSN, CTV, your home for all major championship golf, including the Ryder Cup. Have a blast. Back Monday, 10 a.m. to noon. Toronto Today, coming up with Jim Taddy. Yes, guy. That's coming up next. Remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. Thank you for listening. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.